Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kowski Cast. We are doing something new today, just something I thought I'd try out. If anyone has been following my Instagram, you'll know that I am watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies for the first time, for the most part. I've already seen the Iron Man movies, but that was it. So I'm watching all the other ones. Wanted to do this and, and just thought it'd be kind of fun to go through some of my thoughts here with a guest. So I'm here today joined by Will from Captain America. I was literally about to say, <laughs> don't you mean Will from Captain America? Got you there before you. So yeah. So basically, I just want to preface this by saying this is not like an educational podcast, really. And this should not be taken seriously. I'll probably have some opinions that true fans don't. But this is just, you know, my thoughts as someone who kind of missed the hype and missed the boat on all of the movies when they were coming out. And and am now going back and watching them mostly for the first time. I'm not like a big superhero fan. I don't know much about the comics for any of these, so I may be sounding like a complete idiot on this. But if you're interested in just hearing what uh, someone else's thoughts are, then then that's what I'm here for. And then if you're here to, to get <laughs> some questions answered like I have, that's what Will's for. Yes, I I am solely here to, to back, back up Mary. <laughs> I, I assume everyone's here. Everyone listening here, all the the Kowski stands, Kwiatkowski. The, what what do you what do you call your fans? I don't know. Mary? I don't know if I have a name. The the uh, Kwiatkowski. The Kwiatkowski. <laughs> I don't know. Quick I, Kowski stands is fine. I don't know. In my head, I think of my fans as the Frail Army, just because that's the same mm. words or the letters as Frail Mary. But I've never said that out loud until this moment, so that's not really a thing. <laughs> yeah, the Rail Farmy. The Rail army yeah that's another good one yeah <laughs> but yeah you know i feel like probably people are going to be mostly siding with you this isn't like I, I just don't want anyone to take this as like oh mary's mary's gonna be wrong about this like yeah i am i'm gonna be wrong about most of these things i'm gonna i'm gonna have incorrect views i may be poking fun at some of your favorite superheroes but let me tell you it's all from a place of love i am a big fan of liking something enough to pick fun at it so i I think that it's, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's good to have, you know, to be able to see both sides. I think most people will acknowledge that these movies are not high art. <laughs> Uh, See, I don't even, know. Like, I didn't know if they were or not. Uh, I think the general consensus is that they're very, very fun at their at their strongest, and sometimes can be very tedious. But you know, there there's highs and lows to every franchise. So excited to go through it with you. Yeah. So this podcast, we're just going to be first going through the first six movies in the. I'm going through them release order. I know that some people watch them like chronologically in when they're set, but I thought that might just confuse yeah, that's me. Well, I mean, I, I like if you're a big fan and you want to do it multiple times, it's kind of like Star Wars. Some people watch them in release order. Some people watch them in like I like to watch Star Wars in chronological order. Yeah, I feel like once you've seen them all like one time, right. then it makes sense to do that. Um, but like I, watching it in the order they're released, I feel like makes a lot more sense for a new viewer just because they're not they're not putting out Captain Marvel with the assumption that people will watch it before the rest of them now because it was made after all the other ones were made. Gotcha. But it takes place before? Yeah, but it takes place okay. before most yeah, of the Yeah, let, let me just go ahead and say that up front. There's going to be spoilers for at least the first six movies. So from Iron Man to the Avengers and probably some spoilers that have to do with other MCU movies, maybe. I, I don't know. I like, I'm like i already I mean, spoiled on some stuff. So. Oh, 
okay. Okay. Well, I mean, since you haven't seen the rest of them, I'm going to try not to okay, have any spoilers for not in this Don't movie. Don't actively spoil me on anything. There's yeah. just like, you know, it, it kind of like how some people, if you missed Game of Thrones, like you might know about the Red Wedding or whatever, just because you heard about it. That's kind of how I am. Like I heard about some pretty big things that are supposedly going to happen. A lot of it kind of went over my head. And so I'm I'm still mostly seeing things for the first time. So so my backstory with, with the whole Marvel thing is when I was in my senior year of high school, they always do like a right at the end of the year, they have a senior day where they take all the seniors out to eat and then they take them to the movie theater and you get a free movie. And my year, the free movie was Iron Man 3 because that had just come out. And so that's the first of the Marvel movies I saw was Iron Man 3. And I really liked it. And so I went, I think I went back and saw it in theaters like at least two more times with my family or with with other friends because after I saw it, I was like, I don't know anything what's going on, but I enjoyed this movie. It's great. So heads up uh, that I'm going to have like some bias based on that factor. And then after I saw that, I went and watched Iron Man 1 at home. And then my friend tried to get me to watch the Avengers, but I fell asleep through most of it. So that was all I had. And then since then, I watched Iron Man 2 like over the last several years. But that was it. Never seen any of the other ones, I don't think. That's very interesting that you started with Iron Man 3. Yeah. Uh, I have a somewhat similar Marvel origin story. The first Marvel movie that I saw was The Avengers and I saw it at a drive-in theater with my older sister and I think like she was on a date but I was just kind of like brought along. (laughs) You were third wheeling on your date. (laughs) I was just third wheeling and I was like I think I was I guess 15 at the time. The math checks out on that yeah and I I fell asleep as well during The Avengers. I was like who are these people? This is so boring. I was never a really big superhero guy growing up. Like I I like the Spider-Man movies but other than that I never really had any, any interest in anything superhero related. Did you ever watch any of the superhero TV shows? No, no, not really. I, I watched Heroes, but okay. that's that's a very different You're right. type of superhero I mean, they, they are superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. I had seen The Hulk, but like the 2003 Hulk movie that came out. Oh, yeah. I, at like least- the, the Ang Lee one. Yeah. Like, I have a memory of seeing it, but I'm not actually sure because my mom insists that I wasn't there and that she went with my brother, but he was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I can't do the math right now. He was like six or seven years old. And so he didn't like it and they left. Like, they thought it was too scary. But I have a memory of being there. I'm not sure if that's true or not. And then I definitely saw at least one, if not two, of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies in theaters. It might have just been the first one. And then I've seen I saw The Dark Knight, but I fell asleep during some of that as well. And (laughs) I've seen one of the Superman movies. Not like like the the new Henry Cavill ones, but I I don't know which one it was. I want to say that I could probably figure out which one it was because I know that James Marsden was in it. Oh, I feel like that. But I don't know that which must one have been somewhat more recently then. Yeah, it wasn't like one of the oldest ones. I think he was the guy with the glasses. Oh, uh, Clark Kent. No, 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 not Clark Kent. Superman Returns. Oh no, he played Richard White. Never mind. I was thinking that he was playing Jimmy Olsen, but he wasn't. Uh, okay. okay, never mind. So that was the 2006 Superman Returns. Is apparently which Superman movie I saw. I didn't <laughs> even know about a 2006 Superman movie. I thought it was. Really like happened. the ones from the the 80s or whatever and then Henry Cavill. Yeah, well, 
I watched it because, so I was a really big Smallville fan and I watched all of Smallville growing up, which is obviously about Superman TV show. But like what I liked about it, I, I was not like a big Superman comics fan. I hadn't seen any of the old movies or anything. I knew that Christopher Reeve played him, but that was all I knew. So the reason I watched that was because I liked that it was like, he's not in a cape and tights for most of it. That doesn't happen until like season eight or something. For the most part, it's just young Clark Kent learning about his powers. And so I liked that it was more like lighthearted and you didn't need to be a big comic book fan to get into it. And then, so jumping into like Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, you know, Thor, Captain America, this was a a little bit out of my comfort zone because (laughs) I wasn't used to like the the tights and the capes and the history of all of it. So I I was very confused for a lot of it. Yeah, they they really embraced the the comic book roots in the in the MCU movies. I I was always aware of Smallville. I think all of my at least my oldest sister watched it like when it first started, but I would have been four at the time, I guess. And I think it took several years of Smallville being on the air before I actually knew that it was about Superman. I thought it was just like some (laughs) teen drama. I mean, it was mostly some teen drama because this was a CW (laughs) show. And I mean, I I enjoyed the show. It's it's ridiculous. It's very crazy going back and watching the first couple of seasons and just like it feels like a different time just in terms of the style and, and everything. So it's anyway, that was just what I grew up with. But going into like the Marvel stuff. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I, I never I never jumped on that train. I had heard that Iron Man had come out and I had a friend in high school who was I feel like we watched a lot of movies in high school, just like in class. Like uh, I was in an engineering <laughs> program. And so I remember a group of kids like going into the corner just like one day in class and then sitting down all huddling around a computer and watching Iron Man. And I didn't go over there because I was like, superhero movies. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I'm acting like I'm not a nerd, but like I'm yeah, a nerd in every I'm a nerd in every other way except for superheroes. Like I, I am I was obsessed with Star Wars and I was I even really liked like the Star Trek movies that had come out. So I'm look, I'm a nerd. This was just like a gap in my in my knowledge. I don't need to yeah, explain. We all have our gaps. I know, I know, we do. I've never seen any piece of Star Trek media. Really? Uh, so maybe maybe one day I'll I'll wet my whistle on that. Yeah. But. I Star Trek's pretty cool. Although like I'm a one of those people who I saw have you ever seen the movie Galaxy Quest? Yes. Okay. Have you ever seen Galaxy yeah. Quest? <laughs> no, I've never seen it. I've heard it's really good though. Yes. But I also feel like it it's like a kind of a Star Trek spoof, so I feel like yeah. I wouldn't get it that much. It's not real. I mean the the most that you need to know to enjoy it is that it's going to be a spoof on a TV show similar to Star Trek, but then uh, okay. aliens come and they think that the actors from this TV show are actually the, you know, heroes that they portray. And it's it's pretty great. It's a it's a really great movie. Anyway, yeah. that's that sounds like a very very yeah. good premise good cast it's a great movie love it so yeah so I, I hadn't seen most of these until Iron Man 3 and then nothing besides I don't know why because I really liked the Iron Man movies and so I don't know why I never bothered to go and look at the other ones I think most of it was by that point I was in college they were churning out what felt like five Marvel movies a year and so I just couldn't keep up and I felt like it was going to be too late to ju- go jump into one I remember being on a bus one time in college and going to the movie theater and everyone else on the bus was going to see one of the Marvel I don't it was either a Captain America or a Thor movie I don't remember but I just remember everyone being like oh yeah it was so good it wasn't as good as this one but it was better than these other ones I don't know and uh and I, I think I was seeing like the Maze Runner or something I don't remember but oh I mean you were seeing the the real historical uh piece right there. right uh, the right. one that would go down in history yeah I guess I'll give my Marvel origin story 
yeah, uh, briefly. Please do. So I followed a lot of like film podcasts. I started getting into them like when I started college because I would not be hanging out with people that much. So I needed things to listen to while I was being by myself. And <laughs> and uh, a lot of them would talk about Marvel movies a lot. And I think Captain America Civil War was like going to come out that spring. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to watch all the Marvel movies and all the Marvel TV shows. Oh, uh, wow. Leading up to it, which is a much more much more of an endeavor because there I think there's like six seasons of Agents of Shield now and it's like 22 episode 40 minute long episodes and I think there are like three three seasons at that point so I really committed to a lot thankfully I didn't have much else going on and was able to marathon through all of that in a couple of months but yeah since then I've been a pretty big MCU fan I don't know if I'd call myself like a super fan I'm kind of like the super fan in the way that my mom is of Survivor where like she you know watches all of them but you know kind of forgets a lot of it afterward so wait are the is agents of shield like is that set in the same time period like is there any overlap in between characters or or actors or anything like is there any knowledge that i need from that so they really set up agents of shield as being this show that would be like coinciding with a lot of the the mcu but it turns out like the people running the movie side of the mcu like really didn't care about agents of shield so agents of shield always just felt like more of an afterthought it is in the same universe and clark gregg phil colson is like the main character of agents of oh, shield phil my favorite yeah uh who spoiler <laughs> alert uh supposedly died in the avengers uh did not okay he didn't die okay great because i was watching the avengers and i'm like i feel like he's not actually dead but also i kind of want him to be dead because that was a like a big moment for me because i i grew to i went from not caring about him the first several times i saw him to for whatever reason deciding to love him in Avengers so well if you only watched the movies you'd never know that he wasn't actually dead oh okay so he's gonna die he's not coming back in the other movies no I guess I will spoil that he he just stays on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now and never never actually interacts with anyone in the movies (sighs) but he is he is alive Uh (laughs) but I think like occasionally minor characters from the movies will show up Thor's lady friend is in is in some episodes is Thor's lady friend by that do you mean like Natalie Portman no not Natalie Portman oh no um like his his warrior lady friend Uh, it's like sif or something yeah yeah her okay cool yeah i'm gonna just say up front here i'm gonna have a lot of questions when we get to thor like probably the most questions oh i think everyone does don't worry Okay, great. I'll do my best to answer. Yeah, great. So, well, do, do you have anything else about your backstory you wanted to say? Are there any other shows besides Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is that the only Marvel yeah, show? Yeah, so, so there are some Netflix shows. There's like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Those are like technically in the same universe. And since they're all set in New York, they sometimes refer to like the whole battle in New York that happened in the Avengers. But there's never any, like they never actually name drop characters from the MCU movies. They're even less connected to the movies than the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Gotcha. Okay. So, and also just to make sure that I'm getting out all of the superhero stuff content I did consume, I did watch the first season and a half of Arrow, which I under, I know this is DC, so I know that like doesn't really matter, but my roommates in college were really into Arrow, so I did watch that. Actually, my roommates in college were really into the Marvel movies too, but somehow I never, (laughs) I never got into that. (laughs) I watched the guy from Arrow compete on Celebrity American Ninja Warrior 
year. Oh, how'd he do? Uh, he did really great, actually. I think he won. Oh, wait. And by Arrow, I just realized what I meant was The Flash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Stop>. nice. <laughs> I can't even remember which show I sat down and watched the season half of. I was aware of Arrow, and there were a couple episodes where there was some overlap. But Yeah, they're both DC I, what I meant shows on, Flash. on CW. <laughs> yeah. I always felt like the reputation was that DC, especially because for the most part until like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out, Marvel didn't really have a whole lot of shows. So I know that like DC's reputation was they make better shows, but Marvel makes better movies. Yeah, I think that's a that's fair. I don't I don't think there were very many well respected DC movies from like I guess from like the nineties Batman movies. And then like towards the end of the nineties those kind of became trash. And then from then on, DC never really had any successful movies outside of like the Dark Knight. Yes, which I feel like a lot of people think is sort of like a a category of its own there. Yeah, yeah. My other big thing going into these Marvel movies was at the time when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I remember hearing so much about it, about how everyone was loving it and it was great. And and this is again when I was in, I think I think that came out when I was in college. And I just, I couldn't understand it because everything I had seen from the commercials was like people in weird costumes and there was like a talking, I don't know, fox or something, some kind of creature. <laughs> and like yeah, a, raccoon. Yeah, like a tree that was talking. And like, I, to me, it seemed like, okay, this seems like a fun kids movie. Like I did not get why everyone who was in college or whatever and and this is like it's not like all of my friends were were big comic book fans or anything but they they were super into this movie and I just I never understood why I mean I never watched it so I'll get there eventually I assume but put it this way when I get to Guardians of the Galaxy it better blow me away because that was just <laughs> the impression I had was that it was this amazing movie and that I just needed to see it and it's not like I don't like kids movies I I thought uh when I had seen trailers for How to Train Your Dragon I thought it was going to be like the stupidest thing and when I watch the movie it's it's like my favorite animated movie oh fully agree on that it's my favorite trilogy of all time well I haven't seen the third one yet it's it's very good yes but I, I wanted to I wanted to see the third one in theaters but I wanted to rewatch the first two before I did that and then I just ran out of time <sighs> hate it when that happens but Ugh. I'll get around to it uh, gotta watch all these Marvel movies first so <laughs> okay so let's dive into Iron Man I'm not gonna have as much to say because I am pretty familiar with this one but to set up like what I like about Iron Man is the tone and it's a lot especially this first one it's like it's a lot darker and yet very funny and jovial through a lot of it but it doesn't feel like a comic book movie like it feels more more real somehow even though I understand that it's you know it's a person flying around in a suit but but I've always liked superheroes who are who don't actually have like a a superpower who create their power for themselves so like I always really liked Green Arrow because it was just like a you know these these rich guys who have a tragic thing happen to them and then to overcome it they you they use their money and their skills to like build cool suits yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> i mean that's like i guess batman, batman the same too. way <laughs> yeah. but i i feel like dc for the most part is filled with superheroes who have like who are like fell in a vat of toxic waste or right you know were born with these special powers or they're like an alien whereas i think marvel for the most part tries to stay much more grounded in reality and even the superheroes that do like technically have like enhanced abilities it's because it, it's, of a feels thing like that like theoretically could be real yeah they try to keep it you know somewhat more grounded and then there are gods i'm looking at you thor yeah <laughs> thor is literally a god 
So, that, I mean, that's what I like about Iron Man. I, I think Robert Downey Jr., this is not a hot take, like, does an amazing job of setting up the character Tony Stark and embracing that and, and having your main character be a flawed character who also is just, like, a person who would be completely canceled, you know, nowadays <laughs> is is a fun and intriguing thing to have this sort of anti-hero being the, the center, especially in Iron Man 1. And I know by Iron Man 3, he's a little bit of a different person. But I like that about him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was really uh, having a rough time uh, Mm -hmm. before all of this. And this kind of really just made it so he could just retire now after after the Avengers were all done. This was like the role for him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. So mostly like with that movie, I've been sort of ranking these and rating them as I've been going. And I'm probably going to at the end holistically go back and re-rate all of them. So far on my little notes app, I have Iron Man, I think, still in the first place out of these six movies that I've watched, although it's close. I've got three that I really liked out of these six and then three that I really didn't like. <laughs> so, so we'll see if you can guess which ones those are. Okay. I, I feel like I could probably predict the three you didn't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I have like a little ranking in my head that I'm doing right now. I would say Iron Man is the best of these phase one movies. I think it has like the most originality going for it. The, the only real big issue I have with the first movie is that it, like a lot of these Marvel movies, I think it has a big third act problem where mm-hmm. the the villain just ends up being evil version of Iron Man. He just has the same suit and just like wants, wants the suit for himself, right? He just like wants the technology for himself. And then it's just like a big fight. And I kind of kind of zone out during those parts. Yeah, I don't love movies where the basis is like, here's the bad guy. He's been here all along. The main character knows them. But then the bad guy chooses this random moment to just go evil. Evil. I I can appreciate the fact that Jeff Bridges' character, I'm blanking on his name. It's like Obi or something. Obadiah. Yeah. Obadiah Stane, yeah. So I can understand the fact that he would reach a breaking point here and, and feel like he needs to take this company into his own hands. But at the point where you're like in this suit, you're not going to come back from this. You have now chosen basically evil and you know, you're going to be arrested or at least questioned or something. So I, I feel like that is a little bit... The ending is not... The, the strongest point of this movie and then and then also the fact that the character is kind of easily I mean like does he die is he just completely taken care of I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember how, how that ends oh yeah it, it says on the Wikipedia page that he that he dies okay great uh, falls into the exploding reactor right I do like the fact that he the way he dies in this movie because he is like the obviously more powerful of the two in the fight I mean he's just like physically bigger also yeah. is that he he is he he's killed in a way that was kind of Tony Smart like outsmarting him and and using the surroundings to take care of him which I think is good whereas in some of these other ones we're going to get to it seems like two completely equally powered things and then one just happens to die and you don't really know like or like one happens to lose and it just isn't yeah. as strong in this battle so at least this one there was kind of a reasoning behind it so yeah Iron Man still still the top of my list here I've given it a 7 out of 10 mostly just because like I wanted to leave room in case some of the other ones were better but then i'll reassess at the end we'll see we'll see on that one that's pretty much all i have to say about iron man though because i feel like there's not there's not a whole lot to say yeah so the next one the incredible hulk i know is like a more of an anomaly in terms of these movies because the actor changes and like basically everything about the movie changes the next time we see the character of the hulk and becomes mark ruffalo and all that i was surprised that i liked this movie a bit just because i was expecting to hate it because it seemed like the whole
whole internet was like, oh, this one doesn't even count. Like a lot of my friends who love the Marvel movies said they skipped this one and have never even watched it. Yeah, I actually didn't watch this one on my initial binge of the films just because I had heard that it, you know, it didn't actually have any connection to the rest of the movies and that it wasn't that good. But I, I ended up going back and watching it like two years ago and I just had nothing else to do. And yeah, it's not it's not terrible. It's it's just very forgettable to me. I, I totally forgot until I looked at the Wikipedia page that Liv Tyler was in this. Yep. Uh, there she is. Yeah, there she is. Yeah, I thought this movie was pretty ridiculous, but that's mostly just because I find the character of the Hulk to be pretty ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to me, this was this one and Thor out of the, the collection of movies were the ones that I kind of went back in my head to that space of like, this is why I haven't been watching superhero movies because I just don't care about these types of characters. Yeah. I think it's intriguing to have this Hulk character that's like, it's two different people. It is him and then it's him as the Hulk, which he's not necessarily in his same like mind space. When we get to Avengers and Mark Ruffalo was just constantly calling him like the other guy or the big guy. I I find that to be like a little bit annoying because it's like, but you know, it's been years. Shouldn't you be able to kind of control him more at this point? And I have a lot more thoughts on that when we get to the Avengers. But in this movie, you know, he only hulks out like three times, I think. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it's just just three times. And all the times it's he seems like more in control than he does in the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it does feel like kind of a regression from this movie to to the Avengers. And it, it did feel like they were just trying to just write out most of what happened in this movie. I, I agree with you that like the character of the Hulk is a little harder to get attached to as well as Thor, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. I think a lot of the phase two and phase three movies do a much better job making these more ridiculous characters more relatable, sort of emphasizing their human qualities, even though Thor, I guess, is not at all human, but, you know, making them feel more like a real person rather than just this insane, ridiculous beast of nature. Does the Hulk get another standalone movie after this one, or is this it? There's The the real answer is no. There's one, there's one, like, sequel movie that's kind of, like, his movie and someone else's movie, but this is, like, the only standalone Hulk movie that we get. And I think that's just because the Hulk is a character where when he's not in his human form, he doesn't really have a personality. He's just this angry, smashing juggernaut of of anger, and you can't really have a a character around that. Yeah, unless unless you decided to build in some sort of, like, here is how I've been able to uh, conquer my Hulk self, and this is, like, I've come up with this tactic to, to be able to tap into his mind or whatever. I will say that most of my Hulk knowledge prior to this came from things I had seen online that were like comic strips where it's a girl being like, I just want you to, I want to see if I can handle you in the Hulk form. And that was, <laughs> that was another reason why I was just like, oh boy, this seems ridiculous. So yeah, the, the movie overall though, like I really, I actually really like Edward Norton in this movie. And I, I like his portrayal of Bruce Banner almost more than I like the Mark Ruffalo one later for a couple reasons, mostly because he seems so... <sighs> He's he seems so much more introspective. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to I don't know how to explain really what what I liked about him. I think I think he kind of like accepted this is a flaw, and I and you know a lot of the movie has to do with like trying to keep his heart rate down and monitoring that. And I found that to be more interesting than just sort of Mark Ruffalo being like, oh, there's this other thing that sometimes happens, and I turn into a monster. It felt different. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think it definitely helped that Ed Norton had this whole movie to like flesh out 
his personality and like his mm-hmm. relationship with his, you know, the other guy. Whereas Mark Ruffalo is kind of just thrown into this ensemble movie where he's trying to establish his version of this character that's technically already been established, but he's kind of reinventing it. I was kind of sad that in the Avengers, they don't make some kind of joke about how it's now a different <laughs> actor because they've done that in some of the other ones, like in, in Iron Man 2 and um, yeah. Rhodey changes and then they make a point to kind of mention it. I almost liked that and I would have preferred them to have something about like, oh, you look different. I don't know. Been kind of funny. Yeah. I know that's like really cheesy and overdone, but look, the lighthearted moments in this is what I need. And then my, my other biggest issue with the Hulk is just the fact that the final battle, like we were talking about before, it's two equally powerful seeming big green guys hitting each other and then one just wins. Yeah, there's no subtlety. Okay. I don't know. He, uh, Bruce Banner becomes the Hulk because, and, and this is like, it's done in, in a flashy sequence at the beginning, so I didn't quite exactly catch. I know that it's gamma radiation, but I wasn't 100% sure. Like, what were they trying to do? Because in the Avengers, they mention that it's a similar super soldier type thing to what Captain America had done to him. Yeah, he apparently was becoming the Hulk as a pawn in some military scheme to, yeah, reinvigorate the super soldier program. I okay. guess it just kind of went went way too over the top. Like, I think yeah. they were just trying to make another Captain America. Which is, is going to bug me because... Mm-hmm. Um, Stanley Tucci, is that the one? Yes. Stanley Tucci in Captain America, when he is the like scientist dude who has created this super so- soldier serum, and then he's going to die, and we're not going to be able to get this serum again Like in, in the last you know 50 years or whatever. Yeah. No one else <laughs> like, has been able to replicate this. It seems a little ridiculous. Like Why did this just one dude magically come up with something and no one, I don't know. I feel like we could have gotten closer than the Hulk, but I'll let it slide. It's fine. So he's a he's a beast on accident. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's it's whatever. It, this movie is like part drama, love story, part chase scenes. There's a lot going on with the bad guys being the military who wanted to use him and study him and, and take him out because they messed up. And it's whatever. I, I don't know. It doesn't really connect with any of the other ones as much. So that's fine. I gave this one, I think, a three out of ten, mostly just because of the last scene which I really really disliked the last fight fight scene and it is it's my second least favorite so it's currently fifth in my rankings I think I would have it uh I would probably have it I'd probably have this one last honestly I I think the parts that I liked were like the first third of the movie the first act with Ed Norton just sort of being this guy on the run I I enjoyed that part a lot and so that was good it felt like a very very different movie like it doesn't it feels out of place when you compare it with Iron Man, which is going to be my basis considering like Iron Man was the the first of these Marvel movies and I, I felt like they had, they struck gold here. Why, why not try to just do more of that same style? And this one was a very different style. Yeah, and it does feel like later on, well, I guess when you get into phase two, a lot of the movies there do feel like they're just trying to replicate the Iron Man origin story and trying to just replicate that character of like the quippy smart Alec. But, you know, I do appreciate that they're going for something different here well and i don't and i want to be clear like i don't want everyone to be iron man but yeah, i yeah, like i liked this tone of like it's the real world but there are super creatures and that 
fits with society. Whereas in The Hulk, it seemed like you've got these just evil military people that seem uh, over the top and, and they're just completely in charge of trying to get this guy. And there's and then you have the Liv Tyler character who's like, oh, you're, my dad is the bad guy. I don't know. It just felt like soap opera-y for a lot of it, which felt very different. Okay, Iron Man 2, on the other hand, this is a movie and I've been listening to the post-show recaps, Josh Wickler podcasts on the superhero movies as well to get some of his his insight. And I have a very, very similar feeling with something that I can't remember if it was him or Kevin who said this on that podcast. Iron Man is a movie that you, when you're not watching it, you think you hate and you remember it being not good. And then when you're watching it, you enjoy it. But then the second you stop watching it again, you put it low on your list and you're like, eh, it wasn't that good. But like in the actual time of watching it, it's enjoyable for the most part. That's a very interesting take because that's kind of how I remember Iron Man 2. I think I I like looked at some people's rankings when I went at the time, like when I went into watching them. And I think I'd seen Iron Man 2 ranked pretty low on a lot of them. So I expected it to be pretty bad. I remember generally enjoying myself and I remember thinking like, oh, this isn't that bad. Uh, but now I do have it like ranked fairly low. Like I think I would have it fourth out of these first six. That's where I have it. I have it fourth. Yeah. Okay. And I think that just comes down to nothing really. I feel like there isn't any character development for Tony Stark in this movie for the most part. He's a lot more angsty. I made this. So I've been I've been doing all of my own like watching and thinking about them and commentary on the movies and then listening to the Josh Wiggler podcast because I want to make sure that I'm like giving my own thoughts. We happen to say the or me and Kevin happen to say the exact same thing on that though, which is like it feels like the fifth Harry Potter movie. It feels like the angsty one. Oh yeah. Just because he he's coming to terms with like his impending death and and kind of going off the rails and being very reckless because of that, which is it's fine. It, like you said, it's um. It doesn't, it, it's not like positive character development, which is why I feel like it's not character development. I think it is. Mm. It's just not in, in a direction that I want to see. I think the, the the more of the issues of the movie are like the, the plot structure is not very good. But like when you're actually watching it, it's fun. It's the, the parts that aren't good are like the, there's random fight scenes sort of throughout and it just all feels like very sporadic and it doesn't fit together seamlessly for me. Yeah, it's definitely fun. They definitely threw everything into this one. It feels very unfocused and it, it also feels like they're just trying, they're more concerned with setting up the Avengers than they are with making a single cohesive good movie. All of the stuff with setting up Black Widow just feels like they're, what what's the term for it? Like set dressing for the Avengers? Yeah, yeah, especially especially the Black Widow stuff. It felt like, oh, okay, shoot, uh, Black Widow is going to be a character in the Avengers, so um, uh, we like, seen her a little bit, her? but we need a sticker in here and just give her a couple things to do and really terrible wigs, which is definitely some of it. Like I, I like I like Pepper Potts in this. I do not. <laughs> I don't know why. Like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is just one of those people who I always feel like I dislike, but I really like her in the <laughs> Iron Man movies. Yeah, I felt that way when I watched when I watched Contagion. Uh, like a I hate her ago. in Glee. She just bugs me. In oh Glee yeah, so much. yeah, she's <laughs> very annoying in Glee. Yeah, I was thinking like oh I always forget Gwyneth Paltrow is actually like a good actress and like that's why she yeah. has a career. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. it's uh, she's one of those people for sure. I think it's also like this is an imperfect comparison, but I feel similarly to how I did when watching Fantastic Beasts. So when I watched Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, I'm like, this is a fine movie. It's not really like my thing, but it's concise and it's kind of it's 
its own little project, which is how Iron Man 1 felt, except Iron Man 1 is like a more fun movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Iron Man 2 was a lot more like the uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, where it's like there's a bunch of random stuff happening, but it's kind of confusing and hard to follow. And because the characters are so quippy and have this like fast dialogue, I find myself like missing things. Like they, there's a lot of scenes in the Iron Man movies where Tony and Pepper or something will be talking, but it's kind of quiet because it's like you hear them from another room and then they walk into the scene. But whatever they said was probably important. I just, I couldn't take in all of it. I don't know. It's kind of all over the place, but but it was fun. It was, yeah. it's fine. The the guy with the whips is fine. <laughs> oh yeah, Whiplash. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I liked Mickey Rourke as Whiplash. He didn't really have much to do. I like I liked his, uh, his bird. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's just kind of, he feels like an afterthought in the grand scheme of things. I like Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer. I think he's really fun. It, it was just too much going on. And while while Whiplash is in this movie, I will say in this like lumps in Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, I love how a lot of the Iron Man bad guys are these just sort of like brainiac guys in suits kind of thing. Yeah. Because one of my favorite parts of Tony Stark is the fact that he actually is a smart guy. And I know that some of it's over the top, like the the whole 3D imaging computers oh, that yeah, he like moves around holograms. with his hands. Like I hate that. I think that's so dumb. I, I yeah. really, I don't love that. But I do, I do like the fact that he's, he's able to actually build stuff himself. And, you know, in particular, the, the whole Iron Man suit. The movies are ridiculous when he has these, you know, built in like walkways that take off the suit or put the suit on. Like, it just seems like, how is your house set up? How, how is this working? You've just got machinery everywhere. But, but it's, it is fun that he, that his, because he's such a like playboy, reckless kind of guy, you forget that he actually does have like the smarts to back that up so that part's fun. yeah yeah definitely yeah i like how a lot of the villains uh sort of mirror his strengths and show maybe what a less good-hearted version of tony stark would have turned out to be right but a lot of his villains are more like they're just sort of selfish people who are motivated by money or status or whatever but they're not like i'm out to destroy the world in the same way that the god i can't even think of what his name was in hulk the bad guy annihilation oh, god. yeah you know, Abom- abomination abomination <laughs> abomination how he is where he's just like i want to be evil and even i mean even obadiah stain i think he crossed the line in the battle but his initial plan was just i want to take over the company and be rich and you know sell uh weapons to the bad guys as well as the good guys so yeah yeah all right all right let's talk about thor <sighs> let's talk about thor okay so my least Let's favorite thing about, about this movie. Thor. No, yeah. I have to sing sorry, all of your songs whenever I hear them, by the way. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. That's a, yeah. So Thor, I, this one even more than the Hulk reminded me, especially in the first 30 minutes of the movie when it's taking place in Asgard. What is this place called? Yeah, Asgard. Okay, wow, cool. Made that up. Glad I remembered that. (laughs) Look, I love Kenneth Branagh. What is he doing directing this movie? I (laughs) don't know. I don't know. I always forget that he directed this and it makes no sense. It came out of nowhere. And I, you know, I'm one of those horrible people who's like watching a movie and always like ah that character where do I know them from gotta google it you know that like that's me all the time I live on IMDB but I even the fact that Natalie Portman and who's the other guy I think Stellan Skarsgård oh yeah even though like he's in this movie which I, I like both of them as characters but they're pretty small parts in this movie it felt this is the one that felt the most like we're gonna introduce a bunch of people 
But then the whole movie is just about Thor. And so there's a bunch of people who are introduced, all of Thor's friends, even his father, which can I also say, really weird seeing Anthony Hopkins playing a good guy. That's just wrong to me. Uh, I I didn't realize it was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. on I feel like if you watched it again now, you'd be like, wow, what the heck is Anthony Hopkins doing? Yeah. Playing the, playing the father. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah. But so, so this movie, I felt like it's like, here's a bunch of characters that I would care about and know if I was really into Thor, like had watched the cartoons or read the comics. But since I didn't know any of that, I was just like Googling backstories of all of his friends when, you know, pause the movie. It took me like four hours to watch this movie because I had to read back and be like, okay, who's Volgstag and Fandral and Hogan and all of these other people? And then I kind of got bored after doing that for a little while. So I feel like I still don't know them. Like I felt like if you're going to do a movie about Thor and you want it to be about the Thor stuff, then there needs to be one movie that's about him living in Asgard and then a separate movie about him being banished to Earth because it felt like too much was crammed into this movie. And then of course my biggest pet peeve is just when you make a movie last literally over the span of like one week or less in time and then I'm supposed to care about any of the characters when they get hurt or fall in love or whatever. I I don't care about his relationship with Natalie Portman because they've known each other for three days. Yeah, rightfully so. His relationship with Natalie Portman is is just like an afterthought. It feels like someone higher, higher up just said, oh, we need a we need a love story in this. So I feel like the character of Dr. Jane Foster could have worked perfectly fine in this movie as just like the person that Thor met on Earth that just start, sort of serves as like his tour guide of Earth and, you know, just like trying to help him get back to Asgard, whatever he's trying to do. But the, the whole romance aspect felt very tacked on. Here's why. This movie is kind of like Enchanted, okay? It's actually sure. a lot like Enchanted now that I'm thinking about it. But the beauty of Enchanted is that they spend the first like three minutes in the fairy tale land before they come to New York. This movie spent the first 35 minutes in Asgard. That's too much. Like I said, it's too much to do in one movie. If you want to just start the movie, show me like one to two scenes of Thor and Loki in Asgard. Let me know that they're brothers and that they kind of have a little bit of a competition and Thor's a little reckless. Thor's going to get in trouble and his dad's going to send him down to Earth. That's all fine, but it, it needs to happen in like five minutes. Do all of that and then like I don't need the history between the ice people and the Asgardians just tell me that there's like a war between another nation because you didn't give me enough that I felt like I understood what was happening but you gave me too much to where I was getting bored in the movie and feeling like there were just characters being introduced and this was a weird cartoon that I was watching the part where he gets to earth and he's like oh I don't have powers and I need to get my hammer and it's fun watching him hang out with uh the other dude while he's getting drunk I can't remember his name the other doctor guy doctor hmm, don't know He's in The Avengers, too. Shoot. What is his character's name? Uh, Eric Selvig. Him. Oh, yeah. Like, having them hang out, that's fine. Go ahead and take Kat Denning out of this movie. Her character was completely pointless. Oh, my God. We she, don't need her. She was terrible. Yeah, we don't need her. So, like, get rid of... Trim the fat. Get rid of some of these characters. I know that Thor's friends might be fun. Get rid of them. They're not important right now. We just need Thor and Loki. That's all good. And, and, and just trim it up so that I can spend a little bit more time with Thor understanding him as a person without all this other stuff that's going on. So I felt like it was just a very messy movie. There's also just going to be a lot of the like uh, CGI is really terrible. The Thor in his costume is like in the Loki costume. Like all of that, it feels like people who went to Target and bought some Halloween costumes and put them on. They're like, they're not... 
realistic enough to like I get that you're gods I get that I understand that these are superhero movies but I want them to be superhero movies that somehow still fit in the real world ah, it was yeah. too much for me I mean it's all just like tied into Norse mythology which feels very strange uh, given that the rest of the Avengers are just going to be like mostly humans that had something happen to them or like they built a suit but this guy's just you know an alien I think the thing is like if it's Norse mythology I don't know there's still a way to do it where you where it doesn't look like you're wearing a plastic suit <laughs> yeah yeah of course and I guess I do have questions of like does Norse mythology exist on earth in this universe it does because Eric Selvig is like oh that's Thor oh. that's Loki these are the <laughs> oh, yeah. people I read about which yeah, duh. adds a lot of questions because it seems like you know you, you know that these and, and you were texting me about this the other day like oh haha he's like you know over a thousand years old but which is it is he over a thousand years old or is he like a 20 something in his time because it seems like in his time he's still a youth who his father is just like finally getting around to you know giving him the coronation or whatever it seems like we saw them as kids and then we saw them as you know young adults so is this like a young Thor is Thor gonna like look this way for thousands of years or is he gonna get old I'm confused yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how he can be like 20 but also be a mythical thing that people on earth have been reading about it's a very great point that I do not have any insight into well I'm sure I'm not supposed to be concentrating on it <laughs> yeah they they really didn't think about it much and I don't think they want you to think about it so the other thing and I'm gonna say this here is that like in all of these movies the shield agents who show up and Nick Fury and stuff they in a lot of the like uh, after the credits or right before the credit sequences they talk as if they know who these people are like when when the hammer falls in the end of Iron Man 2 you hear I think it's uh, Phil Coulson say like oh he's here or whatever as if they know who Thor is and that they've been tracking him but then like later on in Avengers they're like oh when you came to Earth for the first time we were like holy crap there's other universes and there's other worlds <laughs> so that was where it's like which one is it do you know all these people and are you like these is S.H.I.E.L.D. just this like magical corporation that knows about the Hulk and Iron Man like as they're happening because it always seems like when they show up they're not surprised like we've been tracking you for years so I don't know yeah but it's just confusing to me they seem omnipotent omnipotent <laughs> there's a lot of like a lot of retroactive changing that happens to to where where all these characters were and how much they knew at any point in time yeah uh so it's fine so so Thor bugs me there's gonna be some stuff that I like about Thor in like the character mm -hmm. that's fine but it's just the movie as a whole I have it I have it last I believe on my list so I have it six out of six right now it was close with the Hulk but I think unfortunately my issue with that was I went into the Hulk thinking I was gonna hate it and then was pleasantly surprised that I didn't hate it whereas this one I thought it was gonna be good because it seemed it seemed like it was gonna be I don't know people seem to like it more and then I hated it <laughs> so I think Thor is generally considered like one of the worst ones it's generally can well, at least like from what I've heard and I agree with the sentiment as well but it's generally thought that they didn't quite know what to do with the character of Thor for the first for the first couple movies after a while Thor becomes much more of a comic relief character where they really play up like how his bravado and how how smart he thinks he is compared to everyone else versus how much he really doesn't actually know and I think part of that was them realizing as it went on like how funny Chris Hemsworth is but early on he was just this 
kind of a meathead who wasn't really a meathead in a likable way. The best part of this movie for me is Tom Hiddleston as Loki. And I think uh, a lot of people feel that way. I would have this in fifth place, but teetering on last with The Incredible Hulk. I think some of it for me is also just like, I could not imagine paying money to go to a theaters to see this movie. I feel like if I had done that, I would have left being like, this felt like a shambly mess that they had thrown together. And it would have been it would have been very disjointed to me. It feels like two different movies that have been combined to one. The parts where they're on Earth and the parts where they're not on Earth feel like two different movies. Now that you mention Loki, right? I didn't talk about him as much. So I love the portrayal of Loki. I love the character. All that's good. I feel like it's a little bit convenient. And, and this has not been stated, but it's just me making it up. So the fact that Loki is, what is he, like the god of mischief or something? Yeah. I feel like being the god of mischief is kind of a cop out to anything that he does that seems out of character it's like but he's mischievous so yeah, it's just a prank <laughs> it's just a prank right and so that seemed like to me i felt like we took the character of loki and like i said it's over the span of one week he's you know he's definitely like the younger brother who's less loved and he's in the shadow of thor and so you can see how that could be a little bit hard for him but he also appears to be like one of thor's closer friends like thor is not really teasing him that much or anything he's like a oh, younger brother stick with me you know and so it's seems like they have a relatively good relationship. If we had seen a lot more of Thor like leaving him out, being like, no, Loki, you can't come fight the ice guys. It's just going to be me and my friends. But the fact that Thor seemed pretty close with him, I felt like it, it was very jarring when Loki straight up turns evil and tries to kill him. But then it's like JK at the end, I'm not evil. Dad, I'm not actually going to kill you or whatever. I'm going to be good. You know, it just seemed like a lot of flipping back and forth and that they didn't, they didn't develop that as much as I would have liked them to because this movie was rushed and it should have been two different movies yeah i i agree with all of that but uh but yeah but he was great like i liked his acting a lot i like that he's uh he's really good at, at not saying anything but but letting you know what the character's thinking so i thought that was good yeah yeah he plays the devilish mischief maker very well he's very likable but very, yeah. I like both of them better in The Avengers than I do in this movie also. So there's that. I think I'm also just never gonna identify with the type of character who, even though it seems super obvious and logical when something is like incorrect, just says, screw it, I'm gonna rush in head first because I'm a big, you know, reckless meathead and just punch people. Like that That just seems, that's not something I'm ever gonna be able to identify with. Yeah, and at least as the movies go, they make, they at least make that more of a joke that he's like that. But in here, it just, it's more of like an annoying character flaw that you just wish would go away. <laughs> right. Okay, Captain America. This is the one that was the biggest shock to me because I loved Captain America a lot. The Captain America, the Ooh. first Avenger from, when was this? Like 2011. So it's only, yeah. I think this one only came out, yeah, a couple weeks after Thor, but I absolutely loved it. And I was surprised that I loved it because I felt like I hadn't really heard a whole lot about this movie. And so I actually, I reached out to Josh Wiggler today and I asked him if Captain America is like generally considered to be a good movie because I felt like I hadn't heard much. He said that it's like underappreciated, but he also really likes it. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Captain America was always one of my favorite characters when I first got into watching the series. I think the movie has some big flaws, but I th it's easily in the top half of this initial batch. I would have it either second or third, uh, you know, skipping ahead, I guess. Yeah, I have it tied. I have it tied for like second, third, because I, I haven't been able to decide between oh, okay. nice. um, this one and the Avengers. I keep going back and forth. There's parts of both that I like. Yeah, so we're on the same page in that. Yeah. I think Chris Evans does an amazing job 
job playing this like do good do gooder character that doesn't feel just like a Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. He he has a lot of layers to him. Um, I think Chris Chris Evans is an incredible actor in general. I think where this movie uh, falls short is in like the last the last act. It, it feels like they sort of just montage through a lot of the climax of the movie and the resolution and all of that. I remember when I was watching it, it feels like they just ran out of time near the end of the movie and were like, oh, I guess we have to wrap yeah, everything up. Yeah, I agree. Up. I agree. I, I felt like the biggest flaw in this movie is the all of the stuff with the cube thing. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it went over my head in the beginning when you see Hugo Weaving's character, the Red Skull guy. I don't, I can't remember what his actual name is. Yeah, Johan Schmidt, apparently. I yeah, apparently. wouldn't have known that if I didn't look it up. Sure. So like he finds this cube thing. I wasn't paying as much attention to the subtitles as I probably should have. And I, I've been eating dinner while watching these movies. So I got other stuff going on and I didn't rewind it. So, <laughs> so there was some <laughs> stuff at the beginning where I'm like, okay, he's found this cube thing and he's like uh, I deserve it because I have the power of the gods or something like that and then he takes it and and the, I completely lost track of what it was or what it was doing or what his purpose was and then at the end they're fighting on a ship and then he like crashes crashes the ship into an iceberg or something and then is like you know found years later all frozen I it felt very like you said montagey and uh, he's like saying goodbye to the, the girl that he's kind of in love with so that that definitely is the weakest part the stuff that I like was this felt the most like a movie where I really understood the main character and his motivations. I see what you're saying about like how some people could think of him as being like a Mary Sue or Gary Stew or whatever because he just seems so perfect and put together. But I feel like that's more of like he is a true military-minded person. He's very, very selfless. He, he's the kind of guy who's going to take a bullet for someone else just because uh, that's the right thing to do. And and I kind of like that, that's, um, that he is this kind of pure person so I had no clue going into this movie that the I, the Captain America guy like I knew that he was a, a super soldier so I knew that part I knew that was gonna happen I did not realize that he was going to go through a physical transformation I did not know that that was part of the character I thought Chris Evans looking like Chris Evans was how the character always was so really appreciated getting that backstory that was cool yeah how did you like his face awkwardly CGI'd onto this scrawny body yeah so I did a little research to like look up who the um, actor was who was playing him as the the smaller body uh it looks like it's like a um an english stage actor oh wow i can't recall his name but uh but i did look it up and so that it was it was a little bit jarring for me because when i saw that for the first you know 30 minutes of the movie i was thinking like how am i going to get this image out of my head and i think there is some of it that you could think like does agent peggy something or other yeah yeah peggy carter (laughs) Um, Peggy Carter does she which by the way that 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 big personality quiz thing that was out uh, over the last couple months there was like you you answer all those questions and then you get your whole list of like what what personality you are from all the fandoms mm-hmm. Peggy Carter was the one that I got for Ooh. for uh the MCU and That's so I was good. like I I was like I don't know who this person is <laughs> but then I watched the movie and figured that out so um basically at the time I took the quiz though I would have only known who it was if it was an Iron Man character <laughs> yeah which Iron Man character would you have liked to be uh, I don't know probably roadie I don't know <laughs> but like I'm not as I'm not as pure as roadie is either I'm not sure I don't I don't know you'd be Justin I Hammer think, oh I hope I would not be Justin Hammer Ugh. who's the guy I feel like I'd be more like Aldrich Killian <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Oh, speaking of Peggy Carter, I forgot about one other Marvel TV show. There was a there was an adaptation of this movie sort of called Agent Carter that followed the events after this movie chronologically. So in the 1940s, Agent Carter obviously was the main character and she did a bunch of spy stuff. And I think it just got canceled before anything really happened. Oh, yeah. She was sad. It was it was okay, though. Haley Atwell is a very good actress, in my opinion. And she really carried the show. Does she ever show up again in any of these movies? Um, so the character... Like, I don't know if of... they go back to time or not. Yes. I would just say yes, she does. Okay, cool. Because I know there's at least, what, at least two other Captain America solo movies? Yeah, yeah, there are. Okay. Wasn't um, sure when those were They're less movies. of, like, solo Captain America movies and more, like, mini Avengers movies with Captain America as the main character. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, okay, and, and that's something I was going to say about the Avengers because, you know, I've seen Iron Man 3 where I don't believe any of the other main Avengers are in that movie, but I felt like, okay, once you do the Avengers, how do you deal with the sort of loophole of like, why would Captain America ever be fighting crime without just calling in backup from, you know, the other dudes? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I would say Iron Man 3 is really the only, the only one of the Avengers post-Avengers movies that's a sequel that doesn't involve the other Avengers in a pretty big way. Yeah, since that was my only point of reference, that's why I thought of the question. I was like, uh, seems weird that Tony Stark doesn't call in some of these other people to help out, but okay, I'll, I'll maybe I'll reassess that once I watch Iron Man 3 again in just a day or two, probably, when I get around to that. Ooh. I know, I'm excited, though. I love that movie. Okay. That yeah, might be a, a hot one. take. I'm not sure. So yeah, but like for, for Captain America, for the most part, I also felt like this movie with one major exception has I I understood the purposes of all of the sub characters as well like his best friend Peggy Carter the Stanley Tucci character the the doctor guy who was working with the Red Skull like I I felt like I got a lot more information about all of them than I did any of the side characters in Thor for example yeah or even like the Hulk well a lot of the characters in Thor I I felt like they were just kind of part of a group like all of his friends were just kind of Mm -hmm. lumped into one category they didn't really have like their own personalities the people on earth and thor just even though one of them was like his love interest like anything she said probably could have just been interchanged with either of the other two characters yeah where everyone like had their own defined role in captain america with the one major exception that i'm going to point out what in the world is random natalie dormer doing in this movie like just in one scene to seduce him i totally forgot about that (laughs) what I think for me, the thing is that she probably wasn't, I mean, this was 2011, so she was not probably as as major of a, a well-known actress at the time. And so she probably was just like a, you know, lesser known actress playing a smaller part. Whereas I see her and go, oh, this is Natalie Dormer. Her character must matter. And then she's in one scene. And it felt really pointless. So I think that's the problem is if, if it was just uh, some random, you know, face who I didn't know, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But that came out, that, that was an odd moment. Um, um, just to to have a little bit of a little bit of a lover's spat between uh, Captain and Peggy Carter. So whatever. But yeah, I, I like the movie for the most part. I like seeing this guy who's you know just just super brave and and whatever. I'm I'm I've always held the belief that like of the Harry Potter houses, Gryffindor is sort of the most pointless in modern time, unless you're like a, one of a very specific grouping of have one of a very specific set of careers or something like that. It just doesn't seem like bravery is something that is. Happening 
applicable as much as some of the other traits, but uh, he he definitely you know, he's like a full full blood r- Gryffindor through and through. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> like you said, it doesn't feel as convenient that he's just this do-gooder character, given that the reason he was chosen to become Captain Captain America was because he was perceived by the people running the like Super Soldier program as the most selfless of any of the of any of the soldiers there. So it makes sense that he he would be that way because they were trying to find someone that was as much that way as possible. Right, exactly. So that made that made more sense. But yeah, overall, I, I like the movie a lot. We've already discussed where we both ranked it. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see the other Captain America movies more so than some of these other ones. It, it uh, Another one of my big pet peeves, though, did happen in this movie. So this is something I've noticed in almost all of the Marvel movies so far. The Marvel movies do not understand how shattering glass works. <laughs> okay, go there on. There is a lot of shattering glass in all of these movies. There's lots of destruction that's happening, whatever. In Iron Man 2, there's a scene where they're at the, like, basically Disney Epcot World's Fair thing that's happening. And they're in this domed building where the entire glass roof shatters and rains down upon all the people inside it. And everyone's fine. Minor inconvenience. In Captain America, there's a scene where he is running and then somehow banks weird and, like, dives through a window into, like, a a storefront window. Um, And there's a bunch of shattering glass. And then barefoot runs out on top of the shattering glass. Nope, no problem. It's, you know, it doesn't even seem to hurt as much as Legos would. Here's the thing. Shattering glass can kill you. Like, you, you can get cuts all in your face and glass and all over your exposed skin. And I feel like maybe they just don't want to show a lot of blood or something. But stop shattering the glass if you're not going to have it have an effect on people. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the real dilemma there is shattering glass looks really cool. Uh, but you don't want to have to deal with the consequences of it. Okay, but it, it, it's making me think, like, am I wrong? Is shattering glass really not that big of a problem? <laughs> no, you're, you're totally right. I feel like I'm right here. The shattering glass is, is a huge, huge issue. So stop doing that. Okay, let's talk about the Avengers because we're going on for a while. All right, so Avengers is fun. It's a fun movie. It made me like Thor more than I did in Thor. <laughs> Um, I I enjoy the fact that Thor and Captain America have this out of touch, don't know about modern things. I like a lot of those little funny moments. Those are good. There's a lot of stuff I mentioned when I was doing my Instagram stories about it that were basically, these are, why are these people fighting? We're wasting time here. They know that there is like a problem that's happening, but they're wasting time bickering for no reason. Found that to be a little annoying. And then it's like they immediately snap out of it when it's going time yeah it's it's like they're just trying to take as long as they can to keep keep like the tension there like oh are they gonna team up are they gonna are they gonna have beef are they gonna be able to get along but you know obviously they're eventually going to team up but i think they i think part of the appeal of having superheroes at least for like these big comic book fans part of the appeal of having these superheroes meet up is seeing them like try to go head to head whereas you want to see them work together you also want to settle the debate with your friends over like oh who'd win a fight Uh, about Batman or, or the Flash? Uh, probably the Flash. Yeah. I mean, or I assume those were the conversations you were having at the lunch table. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think so. We were mostly talking about Twilight fan fiction. Was it like lunch who would win in a fight? Uh, Alice versus uh, Esme? I don't know. Well, Alice is winning that one 10 I guess, 
times out of ten. That's, so <laughs> like, I just that's a pretty, pretty the first bad. two random characters <laughs> yeah. I could think of. I was like, I don't think Esme is winning anything against anybody. That's fair. Not the biggest fighter. Yeah. So look, there's a lot of stuff I'm confused about when it comes to just like the the overarching plot with some of these. I still don't understand, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to understand the cube thing, which actually reminds me back at the end of Thor that movie there was something that happened oh that one and like I can picture right I can picture the scene but I don't remember the details of the scene so Loki has like fallen to his death or something but he obviously didn't die because then we see him on earth and the Skarsgård guy Eric Selvig yeah him so he's like been taken in by Nick Fury and Nick Fury is like yeah we're gonna work together we gotta, gotta get you in on the the shield stuff and so all that's happening and then then they like find something powerful do they find the cube like how does how does nick fury get the cube yeah i missed that i think that. the cube was frozen in the iceberg oh uh, yeah with captain america yeah with captain america okay great so what is this cube am i supposed so, to know is this going to come later it's, it's kept very vague at this point you later find out this isn't like a big revelation or anything so i don't think this is a huge spoiler you later find out it's one of the infinity stones which right, become which like i've heard the term but yes, don't know what that become means. a much bigger plot point <laughs> later on but basically they're just things i'm that assuming have... it's gonna have something to do with infinity war <laughs> yes <laughs> uh ding ding uh okay. so the infinity stones <laughs> it's kind of vague as far as like what each of them does like compared to the other ones but they they give you a lot of power over time and space and control of other people or whatever the the plot wants it to do at the time okay. uh, and if you have all of them then you're like a god basically master of infinity yeah then you're the infinity king it seems like loki's already already god but whatever uh, basically yeah so there's like a lot of stuff with like loki's working with these alien dudes and they're kind of shrouded in mystery we don't really know who they are what yeah, he's doing the at the end it looked like now yeah them now at the end it looked like there was this guy who the subtitles told me was the other talking but like here's the thing i i don't know but i'm going out on a limb here is this thanos this is thanos <laughs> Okay. All right, cool. Bingo. Got that one right. Yes. He looks very different in this from when he, Does he? finally I was becomes... Like, he looks like he's like reddish in color or something. Hard to tell. Yeah, they do a, a few redesigns as we go. Okay, good to know. So yeah, so we see Thanos talking with, um, I don't know, the, the, the what do you call him? Chitauri yeah. or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Chitauri. How can you forget? Yeah, right, right, them. And so I, so I, I assume that this is going to come back in one of these other movies. I, I'm assuming, I don't know, but I'm assuming Loki does not necessarily stay goodish forever. He seems kind of imprisoned. I don't know what his whole deal is. I assume he'll come back, figure that out more. Some of this, it's like, I don't need to know all the details because I feel like I'll probably get some questions answered as I watch more of these movies. So I gotta say though, like some of the stuff I loved about the movie, The Avengers were, I, I loved Hawkeye and Black Widow in this movie. And I felt kind of ripped off that we don't have a movie, or at least we hadn't before this point, a movie with the two of them. Hawkeye especially, considering he's like one of the semi you know bad guys in this movie seems like a pretty big part we got almost nothing of him before he was in thor very 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 briefly yeah. and i don't even think that he was named yeah so kind of sad because I, I I like their dynamic. I feel like we're we're mentioning a lot of stuff. Like there's little bits where they're fighting together and they're like, oh, this is like whatever. And I, I want to know what happened. And <laughs> I, I, want, I want the backstory on all this. So I, so I feel I'm very interested in them. I could probably just like do some reading research to figure out some more of their backstory. But I don't love the fact that they seem pretty much just as capable as everyone else, but they're s subject to being like the B squad. Yeah, I think what, what it really comes down to is that Hawkeye just 
isn't as big of a name as the as the other superheroes and they've just never found a way to tell a story involving Hawkeye that warrants its own its own movie I think if Hawkeye was introduced maybe in a future movie or he like wasn't one of the original six here he would have been able to get his own movie like by the time they're making like a Doctor Doctor Strange movie or like Ant-Man because at that point they're fully comfortable with pushing forward these lesser known characters but the fact that he was already established early on took away the need to establish him by giving his own origin movie later what, what do I know this actor from he looks so Jeremy familiar. Renner he was in Arrival yes. mm, um, he had that. he had he made an app uh, for himself it was the Jeremy Jeremy Renner app where his he would just talk to his fans nope mm. he, he made dad rock oh for he a was while. in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol oh, of course <laughs> maybe that's where I know him from I was gonna suggest Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is where you'd seen him no yeah he's in several of the Mission Impossible movies maybe that's where I've seen him yeah he was also in like the the Bourne that seems like the fourth Bourne movie I think okay yeah I think he replaced Bourne. Matt Damon okay. well anyway felt like he did a really good job and so I, I liked him in this would have liked to know more let's see I'm trying to think what else I really had qualms with in this movie I feel like I blinked and I missed it at some point of exactly what happened so Iron Man shoots a missile up into the the black hole and then yeah. I guess he falls down and is caught by I don't know one of the other dudes maybe it's Thor maybe it's the Hulk I don't remember how did they actually close the portal they like took the tesseract away from the thing it was attached to because I think that's what was creating the portal but they just had to destroy the Chitari Chitari ship so that all the Chitari would die but they had to keep the portal open so Tony could get back and I think they just gotcha. like took the tesseract away from the the thingamajig and then it closed the portal it's, it's <laughs> very scientific yes okay well that seems that seems like it makes sense yeah okay so the the whole Hulk situation in this movie they they definitely tried to kind of pivot and be like he's an amazing scientist slash doctor which was kind of true in the Incredible Hulk but they're definitely trying to like give the human Mark Ruffalo character something more to do than just be oh he's only useful when he hulks out yeah now he's like this super smart scientist guy as opposed to Tony Stark's right. super smart scientist guy Yes, but I do like them bonding over science. I thought that part was fun. It's pretty cute. I like that we get a small amount of pepper pots in this movie and some of the other smaller characters. I mentioned my love of Phil Coulson in this movie for whatever reason. So here's the kind of things that like make me really, really sad in movies. It's like irrational, but like the fact that he doesn't get his cards signed was really sad to me. And that alone made me think maybe he's not dead just so that he can get his cards signed sometime. And actually when Nick Fury throws those on the table and says they were in his jacket pocket when he died and then later on you hear Robin from How I Met Your Mother in this movie felt like she was the most undeveloped character in this movie like why was she here seemed like I felt like we didn't need her I felt like we could have just had more Phil Coulson yeah her part could have been done by any other character oh yeah Maria Hill that girl yeah that's yes that is the name of her character yeah yeah Kobe Smolders yeah she's going to continue to be like pretty underutilized okay but she's gonna come back interesting yeah I think she's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, a fair amount as well. Interesting. My big issue here is that like it seemed like a lot of Loki's plan was I'm going to make the Hulk Hulk out and that's going to work in my benefit, which kind of happens, sort of. Here's the thing. I don't love the fact that he falls. There's an explosion and he falls inside this ship thing that they're flying. 
I, I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> You're just, I don't even care. <laughs> we're 80 minutes into this at this point. Look, it, it felt to me like the whole ship thing was very much like we need to spend, like, we need to have a place to put all these people in this movie, but we want to make sure it's sort of out of the way enough that like we're not destroying buildings or being seen or having to deal with passersby. So we're just going to put them up in the air for a little yeah. while. It felt very convenient. But so when the Hulk hulks out there, he's completely unhinged, can't control anything, almost kills Black Widow and like has a battle with Thor which again it's like I know that like you said it's it's fun to watch these characters sort of do battle but also you have Thor who seems like he can't get hurt and the Hulk who seems like he can't get hurt so really all they're doing is destroying stuff they're not hurting each other at all yeah. so I, I, I you know like when you see Tony Stark get punched he actually is feeling taking the brunt of some of that especially you see his suit get destroyed constantly and he's always having to like change suits and stuff I feel like they do that really well all of the other characters for the most part seem pretty much just impenetrable and it doesn't seem to matter i think at one point captain america in his movie mentions that his cells regenerate or or something like that or like heal each other so i would assume that if he got shot or whatever it'd be fine and that he would be able to heal up from it so tony stark really still seems to be like one of the only people who can get hurt i guess black widow and hawkeye probably can too yeah kind of seems like everybody can just fly now thor and the hulk both jump like a thousand thousand feet which is basically <laughs> flying so yeah. that's kind of annoying i feel like captain america has like a, a jet pack like every 10 seconds he he just seems like he can fly also he's just getting around places so that seems a little convenient but yeah i, I don't like the fact that the hulk is completely uncontrollable and then two scenes later when he needs to hulk out another time he's completely fine and he has like a level head enough to work with people and, and protect certain people and, and destroy other people so yeah is that explained no not so no, far not really great so that's that's kind of an issue for me. Other than that, here's my last comment that I would just like to say is something that I'm interested in and noticed about a couple of these movies. Seems like a lot of the superheroes can't get drunk. I mean, I know Captain America says that he can't. I would assume the Hulk probably can't, <laughs> at least when he's in Hulk form. I don't know about some of the other ones. I haven't really seen Thor get drunk yet. Maybe that happens. But uh, I guess Tony Stark drinks enough for the rest of them, so it doesn't matter. But that I don't know why that has always been a hilarious thing to me. That's, a, that's another plot point that they have in Smallville is that Superman can't can't get drunk either so don't know why that's a thing they always need to bring up in these shows canonically thor can get drunk which i don't understand how he can <laughs> and the others can't but that is a fact interesting so well, we'll keep see. a look out we'll see if i if i see that we need a uh, drunk watch i think some of it yeah look i that i'm on drunk watch because there's something about characters like whenever i my my radar is up whenever i hear a character say that they can't get drunk because of some kind of superhuman reason i'm going to assume that there's going to be a scene at some point when they temporarily lose their superpowers and then they can get drunk because that's what happened in smallville and so i'm looking forward to that smallville also much like the Hulk was not able to um, go to Pound Town because that would be too dangerous. Oh, as well. of course. Yeah. So that's always fun. A cursed existence. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's really the the worst of both worlds. So yeah, so those are, that, that's my overall take of Avengers and uh, Marvel Universe phase one. I There were six movies in phase one. How many, do you know how many movies are There's in phase two? There's maybe like 10 in phase two and then like 18 oh, in no. phase three. No, <laughs> it, it it's keeps be getting so longer. Many. Great. Well, that's going to be rough. There's probably stuff that I wanted to mention that I forgot, but we've been talking long enough yeah. for anyone who cared about any of this. I just wanted to get my thoughts out. I felt like this was going to be a much better way of doing it than doing a podcast on each movie because I wouldn't really have anything to say. Yeah, so. I, I agree. I think this is this was the way to go. And, and here's the thing. I complain 
But like I said, this has turned me into at least somewhat of a fan. Am I at the point where I want to have like, you know, bobbleheads of Thor and Captain America? Probably not. Am I going to dress up like them for Halloween? Probably not. But I am intrigued enough where I do, you know, in the evenings feel like, oh, you know, be fun. Like, I want to watch the next one. I want to I want to know what happens with these people. So I'm, I'm invested. Just not sure if it's still like my thing yet, but I'm sure we'll get there eventually. At the very least, I'll probably go back and watch Iron Man again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I, I heavily exaggerated, by the way. Uh, phase two has another six movies and phase three has 11. Uh, okay. So nowhere that's, near. That's more manageable. Not 10 and 18. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that, yeah. though, because the, uh, phase one was over the course of four years years and i think phase three i believe is like a much yeah phase two is only attempt. over the course of two years and okay. it's the same amount of movies so they they churn out movies faster yeah at least. yeah definitely during all of phase three it's three movies a year yeah and, and that's part of the reason why i felt like i wasn't watching them in real time because it i felt like about three movies a year when i was in college was a lot to go see yeah i didn't have time for that so um and i wasn't going to be spending that year only watching marvel movies how dare you i'm also i'm a I'm I'm a very big rewatcher and so my my big take from so far is like I want to get to the point where other than the Iron Man movies there is a movie among this whole MCU that I like desire to you know have on my shelf and and, and go back and rewatch so so far I would say I could probably see myself watching the Avengers again at some point possibly Captain America definitely not Thor yeah I, I'd Sorry. say there's like Sorry, maybe Thor. two in phase two two or three in phase two that I would I would rewatch you know at the ready if you asked me today if I wanted to watch them, I'd be like, yeah. And during for phase three, I'd say maybe like five or six. So, you know, okay, there are bright things in your MCU future. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this. I'll be back in probably a couple more weeks to get to the phase two movies. If you if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share with me of your own, please tweet at me at Frail Mary or at KowskiCast. You can check out all the other podcasts we're doing on KowskiCast. And you can also check out me at Frail Mary on Instagram if you'd like to see my thoughts in real time as I'm watching these movies. I've been doing a couple movies a week or so. So uh, if you want to want to check that out, feel free. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram as well if you want to respond to any of my takes because sometimes it's just me laughing at the TV if something particularly funny happens. Will, where can everyone check you out? Yes, yeah, so you can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at Will from America. I should really change my handle to Will from Captain America. You should really change this. it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that'll yeah, fit really though. Should. There's there is like a character limit to that. You could you could at least do Captain. Yeah, Cap Captain Crunch. Yeah, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Captain Crunch and Captain America really have a lot in common. Yeah, well, I've been thinking of Captain America in my head as Captain Merka. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah, actually, I don't know how Captain Captain Crunch spells his name. I have a Captain Crunch video game. Oh. I didn't know there was a video game. Oh, yeah. It came in a cereal box. C-A-P apostrophe N. Cap'n. Cap'n. Can you put apostrophes in, um, in uh, Twitter ooh, handles? I don't think so. I, I just have to use an underscore, I think. Yeah. Well, definitely check out Will. He guest stars on a lot of different podcasts. Um, are you still doing anything regularly right now? Uh, yeah. I do the There Will Be Pod, the 32 Fans movie podcast. We're currently on a bit of a hiatus, given that there are barely any new movies coming out. But, you know, whenever uh, the world goes back to normal, that will be a thing 
going again. Awesome. Yes. And Will, if you think that he sounds familiar, it's probably because you've heard some of his amazing songs or jingles for other podcasts as well. And I know you've been doing all the music for the sequester stuff that's going on as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's been a blast. Uh, you won't hear my voice in that, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> the music's great still. <laughs> I don't know if you'd recognize my... my. <laughs> I, I'm not even... I, I don't know what I'm going for there. <laughs> Look, I, I always feel like if I hear a song on a podcast, I'm going to first assume it's you and then occasionally it's not you, but most of the time it is. It's usually a so, fair bet. Yeah, it's great. I'm trying to monopolize the industry. Yeah, well, hey, you really need to go into into business for that because uh, there's there's definitely a market. You're certainly my go-to person. <laughs> if, if anyone heard the amazing Survivor All-Stars song that Will made ah, for me, that was, that so was much fun. that's the, the best, the best. So definitely check Will out. All right, everyone, we'll be back in a couple weeks for, I think I'm going to call this the, the Mary See You. <laughs> <laughs> the Mary Cinematic Universe. Yes, the Mary Cinematic Universe. All right, until next time. All right. Ooh. Oh no, it was it was fun. I guess I should stop recording now. All right. Um, so I'm just going to basically jump in, do a little introduction, and then we can All get right. going. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> I might have to do the introduction twice because I haven't planned this out and normally <laughs> I have a script. It's okay. I have less we'll of see. a script. Yes. Okay. Um, microphone cord on the way. Okay. All right.